So in our third segment, we are going to talk about uh, uh, birthing, uh, birthing centers, midwives, and, and the, really this l- long-running uh, organizing campaign to uh, give uh, pregnant people uh, alternatives for how they bring their children into the world. And, and um, right now in New York, that's almost entirely done through the hospital system. Uh, many women do not need to go to the hospital. There's other potential ways uh, they can have birth and, and do it safely and, and in, a, in a more uh, compassionate and holistic manner. And joining us to talk about that uh, is Nilu uh, Shruti, who um, is the uh, founder of One Love uh, in the West Village, uh, which, hold on here, I lost my notes for one second. Um, uh, yeah, so the, uh, she's the founder of, uh, I'm sorry, Love Child, a support space for expecting new parents located uh, in Manhattan's West Village in She's been um, very active in a coalition of birth justice advocates that have long fought, fought for changes in, uh, in the laws around uh, birthing centers and, and midwifery, midwifery. And, and Kathy Hochul uh, recently signed legislation that sailed through the legislature this year um, but, um, that made changes to these laws, but the changes didn't go nearly as far as uh, some advocates had hoped and, they, and ha- they've sharply criticized Hochul after the final deal was reached. So joining us now to talk about all this is Nilu Shruti. Um, Nilu, welcome to WBAI. Thank you for having me, John. Sure. Um, now, before we talk about the new birthing center law that was uh, signed last week and the legislative sausage, sausage making that took place, uh, can you lay out what the benefits of uh, midwife-led birthing centers are in terms of of both the care received and affordability compared to hospital births? Of course. Um, birth centers are out of hospital. They can also sometimes be located within a hospital, but majority of them are located out of hospital. They are a home-like environment. Um, and nine out of 10 pregnant people would qualify to give birth in a birthing center. So these are folks who are low risk, who have no particular pregnancy complications, and birth centers are typically staffed and owned by midwives. New York State, uh, the benefits of birth centers are that um, they have a vastly reduced C-section rate. So the C-section rate at birth centers is 6% compared to anywhere between 28, 30, 50% at some New York City hospitals. Um, The level of safety is similar between um, both hospitals and birth centers with birth centers actually having improved outcomes um, as compared to hospitals. In New York, we don't have any birth centers. We only have three birth centers in all of New York State um, as compared to California that has 50-something plus. Texas has 90-something plus birth centers. And especially during a pandemic, um, pregnant people deserve safe out-of-hospital birthing options. Right. And what was was transformative about the legislation that sailed through the state legislature um, in, in 2021, and and how did it get altered by Go- Governor Kathy Hochul before she signed it uh, last Friday? Yes, this is a really long story. So um, midwives were got I, the I know ability. you'll keep it short. 
I will keep it a short. The midwives got the ability to open birth centers in 2016. The regulations didn't pass until the pandemic. Um, and so that process was took a really long time. When the regulations came out, um, as set out by the DOH, they were incredibly prohibitive. And so this new law that was introduced made it so that any birth center that achieved national recognition, national accreditation, would be able to get license from immediately get licensed from the state process. So the state DOH process um, was an incredible barrier. What happened, though, was that we had this great bill that passed unanimously through the House and the state Senate. However, in the chapter amendment process, it was significantly changed to where um, the state process continues to be a big burden for people to be able to open birth centers. And, and when we talk about the chapter amendment process, you're talking about the part where, where essentially the governor gets to edit the legislation uh, more to uh, her liking. Exactly. And um, I wasn't familiar with the chapter amendment process until we just went through it. Um, it is very, um, it's highly secretive. Um, it is very confidential. It's not public. Um, and the typically it's used just to make small amendments and it's not supposed to change the original intent of the bill. However, in this case, it did. Mm. Um, and and you know, it really uh, indicates the extensive powers of the governor here in the state of, of New York. Um, to, exactly. To be able to essentially go back and rewrite uh, legislation uh, like that. Um, and, and so as I understand with this legislation, it's going to, uh, create some uh, opportunities uh, for wealthy suburban communities, but it's, it's unlikely to be of much help to less well-resourced communities here in the city and in other parts of the state. Is that correct? That is my interpretation. Um, what we see with the way that these the Department of Health now has to write new regulations that merge both national and state standards. However, the state application process through the Public Health and Health Planning Council remains. And this is a really expensive and lengthy process. And most people who have to go through this process end up having to hire a special lawyer in order to do so. Um, the process also takes anywhere up to 18 months to complete. Um, and so only people who have the ability to own property or have the ability to lease commercial space for 18 months, that is the time that it takes for this application to be complete, would be able to open birth centers. And typically people who have those kind of resources are going to be in wealthier communities versus, um, you know, the racial disparities in maternal mortality show that the places that really need birth centers and community um maternity support are not that wealthy and don't have such resources. And so I do think that this amendment leaves a lot of um, uh, much needed communities behind. Right. And last year, you wrote an article for The Independent, a headline, Black Mothers Matter, in which you described a process going back more than a century to medicalize the birth process and push uh, midwives to the margins. How has that harmed Black women? Well, in particular, a hundred years ago, there were many, many more Black midwives who served Black communities. Um, and through the process of um, legislation and medicalization, um, these Black midwives were uh, put out of business. They were completely um, um, eliminated. Their profession was eliminated. And 
in replacement came a very white-led nurse midwifery workforce. And so um, Black women suffer mainly because they don't have the same type of community-level support that you would expect due to um, structural racism and the elimination of um, midwifery and because there aren't as many opportunities for um, midwives of color to serve their communities. Mm. And so why is it so hard to make progress on this in New York State when other states, including Texas, I mean, Texas has more than 90 birthing centers, California has more than 50 uh, birthing centers, and so they've made a lot of progress. Uh, Is this a case of uh, bureaucrats here in New York finding ways to keep themselves busy, or are there private economic interests that people like Governor Hochul and Governor Cuomo before her um, are protecting? Well, New York is a very special case where um, we do have really strong corporate healthcare interests as well as real estate interests, as Matthew pointed out earlier, um, and as you cover so well in the indie. Um, in this particular case, yes, um, midwives uh, are often having to um, cede power uh, to physician interests and uh, birth centers and um, out of hospital. Uh, facilities, community facilities often have to cede power to hospital interests and corporate interests. And so, um, as you well know, the healthcare industry is one that um, is uh, that I think has a really strong hold on um, on New York State. And um, in our particular case, the Department of Health has a really strong iron fist on this process without any give um, whatsoever. Mm. And, and from going through the through the this political process in recent weeks uh, with Governor Hochul, do you feel like we're with her administration we're seeing Cuomoism without Cuomo? I mean, she's got a much nicer demeanor, but underlying that, is this what we're getting? Um, well, interestingly, as you um, you should say that because during our negotiations, we were told um, this is uh, we wouldn't have gotten. What what we were told was um, uh, this is basically like this is slightly better than what what you would have gotten with Cuomo, um, and that that was kind of the expectation that we should get that slightly better is good enough, um, which um, I definitely disagree with. Okay, well we'll have to leave it there. Uh, Nilu Shruti, birth justice advocate and founder of Love Child, a support space for expecting and new parents. Thank you so much for joining us on 99.5 FM. Thank you so much for having me, John.